We just hit an IED. 20% of us coming back, you know, with post-traumatic stress, I'm trying to get better. I mean, I don't want to be miserable the rest of my life. I'm trying. Hi, I'm Brad Hunt with The Observer Reporter, and this is Soldiering On, a podcast series about issues faced by veterans when returning home. In this podcast, we'll be talking with Corporal Christopher Morris about his struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder and the injuries that he received while serving with the Marines in Afghanistan. And honestly, the last thing I remember, like we were just driving, I was like, okay, this is where we gotta go, and boom, truck sinks down, big flash of red light, and then I just went flying. You're gonna need to get a record out here to get the record. Well, we're gonna need a record for the record there, Collins. We just hit an IED. Yeah, all right. Hey, uh, Roger, Andy Vapor, Andy Vapor. What's wrong with this bitch? It hurt my neck. Hey, uh, just be advised, my driver, his neck is hurting real bad. I'll live. Just stand there real bad. You good? I'll live. They said it's hurting real bad, but he said he'll live. I was wondering what that felt like. <laughs> yeah. Why you guys go this way? Roger, uh, let's actually deal with this. Right. That's Christopher shortly after his truck was blown up by an IED while he was in Afghanistan on October 8, 2009. Christopher enlisted in 2007, and after the blast, he was part of the Wounded Warrior Battalion until he retired in 2011. When we got hit, uh, it screwed the frame up, so we couldn't get out. It took him about five minutes uh, taking a tanker bar, which is a giant pry bar, just about 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took him about five minutes to pry the door open to finally get us out, and I just kind of spilled out from what I remember. <laughs> so. Christopher grew up in Washington, but now lives in West Virginia, where he attends West Virginia University. Our reporter, Alyssa Schwenier, interviewed Christopher about the blast and the complications that followed. What's some of the lasting damage from that? Uh, traumatic brain injury is probably the biggest factor, um, just because it, it's it's hard to get through a day whenever you can't remember what you had for breakfast or even if you ate breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a traumatic brain injury related uh, eating disorder. Your hypothalamus, which is what regulates your hunger, mine got damaged. Mm-hmm. So at one point I was 134 pounds and my kidneys were failing and they threw me in the hospital for a month um, just because if not I was going to die. <laughs> so um, post-traumatic stress, that's a big one. My spine's all twisted, I got a brain injury, uh, I mean soft tissue damage, you know, severe whiplash, can't sleep, and I'm still not on any medications. Hmm. Can you describe a little bit how it's changed your daily routine? No sleep. Uh, that's hands down the biggest factor is I don't sleep. I'm lucky if I get two hours of sleep and two hours of sleep a night to me is like awesome. Um, it's not alcohol induced. Now alcohol induced, I mean I'm like I'll kill a you know handle of Jose Cuervo and okay now it's time for bed. I might sleep for about six hours, but that's still that's the only way I sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and nightmares. It's it's weird. Uh, it's one of the things my service dog does is he used to wake me up from the nightmares because he would sleep at the bottom of my bed on my bed. One too many times getting kicked out of bed, 
he's been smart enough. He's adaptive where he lays on the floor. Mm. But, I mean, he'll know if I'm having a nightmare. And when you wake up from one, it's instant. Like, and you don't know where you're at. So uh, he's my point of reference. He knows if I'm having a nightmare. As soon as I wake up, he better be sitting right there because I didn't have him in Afghanistan. So I see him, I know where I'm at. Because um, it's, it's something, you know, I mean, there's, there's lucid dreams. I never knew it, I mean, I knew what they were, you know, ahead of time, but they can be really weird. Uh, I mean, and you can control them, and that's kind of a scary thing for a guy like myself who's a Marine, who is a big horror genre fan. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I can make, you know, Freddy Krueger stab, like, the killer clown and have, like, the blob eat them all. I mean, you could do everything. Um, the typical nightmare, though, is being in Afghanistan, being pinned down and, you know, burned up dead Taliban bodies. Uh, and you can smell it because, I mean, the burning flesh smells horrible. You know, low crawling up over a sand bomb you know, with a K-bar in their mouth and it burn up AK-47 just wanting to slice your throat. So you wake up from something like that. It's, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, and honestly, I mean, I'll sit there for like 10 minutes just trying to get my bearing. Um, and so, I mean, that, you know, the lack of no sleep, the nightmares, and just having to deal with situations. I, I don't do well in traffic. I don't like being stuck, like and not being able to move, because for us, that's you know, you're gonna die, because I mean, you, you're you're stopped. You don't you don't stop. Um, so it just it, it it affects every part of your day. It's just all about numbers. And whenever you've got 20% of us coming back, you know, with post-traumatic stress. 18% of us have traumatic brain injuries because of all the IDs we've been exposed to. You know, your level of compassion for incompetence, it's non-existent. The audio in this next part you'll notice is different than what was recorded before. We called him for a second interview to talk more about how he handles PTSD. Oh, how I deal with PTSD and all the crap with the VA is... Uh, Essentially, my motorcycle, uh, my motorcycle, my service dog, trying to get in as many rounds in a golf as possible. Um, that is really my only, you know, release or uh, any factor that I have to be able to deal with it because you know, I'm not getting the actual therapy that I'm supposed to be getting. You know, I mean, that's a complete joke. Um, so my motorcycle and my service dog, Plan on getting new, you know, a couple more tattoos and going out to the gun range and blowing up TVs. And how long have you been working with the VA system for health benefits? Uh, I got retired November 30th, 2011, uh, from Wounded Warrior Battalion, and pretty much that day, uh, actually, I came up on November 2nd, and you have to kind of indoctrinate yourself into the VA system. And it's just been a nightmare. <laughs> so, I mean, for, let's see, 2011. So, essentially, for the past four years, I've only had a good doctor for two months out of that uh, to where I felt like I was getting the correct care. What do you think the future holds in dealing with the VA for your health care? Hopefully, I mean, it can't get any worse. <laughs> um, 
So I'm I'm a very optimistic person. Um, the government's throwing a ton of money towards it, which essentially is going to end up allowing like my friends that are you know down here in Morgantown that are in the military psychology and want you know to take that uh, career path. It's going to end up at least giving them a job, and instead of having individuals in the VA that just have a job, you know, and don't really give a crap, it's going to end up putting people there that actually do care and have, you know, um, somewhat um, more updated view of what veterans go through. Mm -hmm. So it can only get better. (laughs) It can't get any worse. While Christopher has been able to get physical care from the Veterans Affairs Office, he has not been able to receive mental health treatment. He's been waiting more than four months for a signature from a physician at the Clarksburg VA facility that would allow him to receive counseling and medication to help with PTSD. It's hard to keep things in balance just mm-hmm. because it changes you. You cannot go through that stuff without it changing. I mean, it's, it's impossible. I mean, I'm not the same person that I was whenever, you know, I used to go to school right there. You know, I mean, I, it, it's not even close. And there's no incentive to get better. Mm-hmm. None. I mean, it's basically, okay, yeah, you're screwed and, you know, live the rest of your life like that. I'm not living the rest of my life like that. You know, I used to be happy. You know, I used to be able to sleep. I used to be able to eat. You know, I mean, at one point in time, you know, I, I own this town. You know, for football and uh, for tennis, you know, I was number one at tennis at Trinity. I mean, I destroyed everybody. I used to teach out of Peters Township. I mean, I know what being happy used to be like. Now that he is retired, Christopher is attending West Virginia University, where he hopes to eventually get his Ph.D. in military psychology. My, my goal was to open up the greatest post-traumatic stress clinic this world's ever seen. I mean, specializing in music, art, and animal therapy. Um, because I've, I've been to one that was really horrible, and I've been to one that was great to an extent, but they just, they, they can't do it like I can do it. So, I mean, and I mean, that's essentially my only, like, that that's my goal in life. Like, that that's what gets me out of bed is to be able to do that. Christopher said PTSD is still a daily struggle, but he's been able to turn it into positive motivation to help others. In upcoming episodes... We'll talk to more veterans who have PTSD and share their stories. And later in the series, we'll talk about more of the difficulties veterans face when returning home. And this has been another podcast from The Observer Reporter.